We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Esports Rewind Podcast, brought to you this week by Untuck It, the original button-down shirt designed to be worn untucked. And now, let's start the podcast. And we are back. What is up, gamers? What is up, nerds? Welcome back to Esports Rewind Podcast. My name is Jake. And I am Zan. Hello, hello. Oh, man, it's good to be back. How are you doing today, Xanifer? You know, life is good. As you've noticed, we got a new mic set up. It's, you know, fresh quality. Just just for all you viewers out there, because I, I know I speak a little quieter than Jake, and I like to talk to Jake more than Jake likes to talk to the camera, because Jake hates me. It's so, so funny. <laughs> uh, I want more behind-the-scenes content coming uh-huh. to the channel, because... Uh, we had a few comments, uh, not too many, but there were a few people who were like, you know, Zan's a bit quiet. And so it was funny enough, we read comments out last week on the podcast, and mm. one was like, Zan's kind of quiet. And so this week, we've changed up for all of you guys, hopefully going to be still the solid audio we yeah, are used to. Definitely. We changed Zan's microphone. So yes, Jake gets the big boy microphone, and Zan gets the... Hey, no, it's still the same mic. It's just in a different but, place. But I have yeah, a giant yeah. arm attached to mine, so I'm feeling pretty manly <laughs> over here. Either way, though, welcome back to Esports Rewind Podcast. As per usual, breaking down the most recent, craziest stories in the past week in gaming and esports. First off, before we roll into it, Zan, uh, I think we'll read off four comments each and every week. Are you putting a hard number to it? Do you want to like say four? four? Yeah, three okay, to four. Okay, okay. Because we'll do three this time yeah, around. Okay, uh, okay. But these are these really help our egos. Mm-hmm. And it just it, some are mean, but most are nice. So we, we appreciate you guys in the comments. First, from Nico, always marvel over the production quality of this channel. Mar- he marvels at it. Yo. Glad to say I was here before appreciate this channel it. blows up. Let's go. Yes, you were, Nico. Thank you very much. Why does this have 950 views with the same host as the normal esports <laughs> news? But I love the content. This channel is like less complex Thorin and more uploads than the score esports. Underrated, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah true, true. And your opinion matters because it's nice. And uh, very lastly... <laughs> the bad ones matter, too. <laughs> <laughs> this dude's from Ryan Campbell. Yo, you hecka underrated. Thank you. He doesn't say hecka, by the way, but I can't say what he said. So <laughs> um, thank you guys, as for usual, for those comments. You guys are seriously uh, just too kind. 
And yeah, all the love in the world. Oh, we always yeah. start this episode by saying it, but thank you guys. We got mm. big things coming. Uh, just keep us employed, okay? Ready to roll? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's hit this. All right, so Zan, I'm not sure if this is going to be short, but it involves the Tencent Kings. Ooh, okay. There's of a lot gaming. of there's a lot of Tencent news this week. And actually. I just now realized. Yeah. Um, we might want to clear after this story. Let's clear off the, ta- <laughs> the table. We're going to keep it for <laughs> this fine, one. I don't fine. want you to throw it anywhere. I'm just gonna. Hopefully, I think it's actually yeah, still in it's frame. Probably, it's, I just it's now probably fine. It's fine. <laughs> Either way. You know, more professional than us. That's mm-hmm. going to be Tencent. They have their hands in just about everything gaming in some mm-hmm. form or another. We've talked about them plenty of times. And this past week, I talked about a story that just blew my mind. Okay. And that's going to be the fact that Tencent has now reached into their own pockets to try and pay a player to play in a certain region for one of their games. Yep. That's going to be Riot Games and, of course, owning mm. League of Legends. Mm. You know the story. I am familiar, yes. Faker, they allegedly <laughs> pay, wanted to pay out of pocket $10 million mm. to have Faker perform in the LPL. That's the Chinese League of Legends League, which, by the way, the whole game's owned by Tencent, but they they really are known for running the LPL. It's a precedence, and I don't think people are really giving the contribution it needs because mm. the bigger story was the fact that Faker turned down that $10 million and he also turned down a blank check mm-hmm. to play in North America, albeit the dude barely speaks English in the first place. Yeah. Whatever North American org, no one's talking about this. Whatever North American org offered a blank <laughs> check, you guys, the bubble's already bursting. Um, yeah, so I'm know. super curious who that would have been. To be fair, it is it is Faker. If if you're gonna grab any one guy, Faker can bring a lot of if you are gonna a lot of publicity. Check, yeah, yes, yeah. that's the guy to do it for. But uh-huh. it, it blows my mind that someone out there. I think we speculate, eg or Liquid are like, yeah, we can offer a blank check. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where we're at. But either way, you know, the fact he turned down that plus apparently 10 million. Who who knows how long the contract was? Whether it be five years, that's still a crazy amount of money. Um, but either way, it sets a precedence. I do believe for an actual. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call them, I don't even know what to classify them as. Faker or no, the, the, com- the company of Tencent, because usually mm. if we refer to Epic Games uh-huh. or to Valve paying players, we would say the devs. You know, the the dev the dev company actually paying a player. In this is, case, they'd be a publisher. Okay. Because they don't they don't technically make League of Legends, but they do publish it. Would I also say the same then for Epic Games and Valve? Uh, in certain circumstances, yes. Epic Games publishes games as well as develops games. So, okay. So, so yeah, yeah. Dang, in, in this, this circumstance. Yeah. No, yeah. This is why I have you here. This is why, yeah. You call Tencent a publisher in this regard, and when they make their own games, you call them a dev. But, I mean, yeah. either way, it sets precedence for mm. a publisher slash a, yeah, a big yeah. company out uh-huh. there already involved in the league and they, and they own the game and they are now paying a player to play that game in a mm. certain area so what were your thoughts when you first heard this because it, it, it still blows my mind like i when i first heard this i was like i was thinking because i think <clears throat> literally like maybe one or two weeks before this news first broke i'd seen some wild tweet about how faker only spins like maybe like a couple hundred bucks like every month that dude's lying, like by if the way. nothing I, I don't know I, 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 I could see it because if, if his housing is paid for <clears throat> he doesn't really have to travel too much <clears throat> that's all paid for for the most part and he's just chilling his food is probably paid for in large that's part not, it's a bit like yeah yeah, it's, uh, it's like you know, it's just his own. He's not spending much of his own money. It's all paid for. That, yeah, that dude yeah. probably pays more than 170 in takeout mm-hmm. every week. Well, you know? like, yeah, they're yeah. Not eating, they're not but, making their own meals, probably, or they probably have a chef. Mm-hmm. God dang, what am I saying? <laughs> either way, yeah, either way, he doesn't care too much about his own personal funds, and I'm sure he's already made bank. You know, homie could oh. probably retire right now and be fine for the rest of his Finger? life. Faker, no, no, <laughs> not the biggest figure ever <laughs> in Asian esports. Yes, I can see why he just want to stay where he is and be comfortable. Because I mean, if I think maybe if the or did it offered him a blank check was in uh, Korea? Maybe he would have taken it and just said, "Yeah, okay." But I think I mean I think so. I think yeah. that's a fair statement. Yeah, yeah. I think he f- just feels comfortable and sees no reason to go anywhere else. I think it's also crazy though. From my perspective, uh-huh. I see China and Korea as not all that different, right? Them being mm. 
amidst the Asian region. Well, very, very different places, But though. obviously very yeah, different to the fact where he yeah. just turned down $10 million yeah, But yeah, I yeah. see it. You know, stupid <laughs> man. Great. God dang, I can already see Pete doing this if he does. Us in geography. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I compare, like, the Korea move to, to China being as, like, oh, I— me getting offered ten million to go to Canada, and I'm like, nah, oh, I yeah. like it here in America. Yeah, not not is at it, all the it, same. No, yeah, like, we could even we could even talk like, yeah, just like pure like from a food perspective, like. Uh, so culture is yeah, just culture. Vastly yeah, I, I'd say even like the air quality in China is so much worse than Korea. I don't. That's what like, they yeah. That's what's top. Yeah, mind. exactly. I, like, I could see that being a major factor for him of all people. Ten million is nice. Ten million is nice, but I like to breathe too. I, you know, what? I I appreciate my lungs. They stay healthy. They stay clean. Watch, pure. but you know. <laughs> With all that being said, you mm. have you guys of course can leave your thoughts down below. It just baffles me where we are in esports, oh, where definitely. amidst where we think we're in a bubble, mm. there's still defined things out there that you wonder if, if we are in a bubble. To be fair, this is the one thing that people are saying. This is the reason we're in the bubble. Yeah, people are trying to pay players you hear that, too much. Faker, you hear that? <laughs> um, but again, setting precedents. It's crazy to see any any gaming company who has hands in the actual game itself offering money for a player to play it. It's it's crazy and esports are certainly it's a sign of the times and we'll mm. see how it goes in the future. Faker turns down ten mil to go to China and a blank check to go to North America. Wild times. <laughs> All right, talking about companies who have a hand in their games like this, and financially speaking, mm. let's talk about how Nintendo doesn't want to have any part of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate esports. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for bringing this one to light. I mm -hmm. wanted you to do this. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, I think you you were gonna do a video on it, and you're like, you know what, this is Zan. This I is think up this Zan is a better topic yeah. for you to discuss. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's so, more important than you guys think. <laughs> oh, very much so. So basically, what's going on here is Super Smash Brothers is literally the most popular mm -hmm. fighting game franchise of all time. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate uh, just became the number one best-selling fighting game of all time last year. Uh, it had the highest amount of entrance at EVO, which is uh, the fighting game community's equivalent of the International or League of Legends Worlds. Or Majors. It's their yeah. biggest event. Yeah, it's basically <clears throat> Super Smash Brothers is the biggest fighting game. It's flat out, right? Straight up. And yet the pros in that scene make some of the lowest amounts of money of all the fighting games out there. We've talked about this before on yeah, this podcast. Exactly. You yeah, we talked about, we talked we about talked zero. We talked about Fortnite salaries yeah. compared to <laughs> Smash salaries. Uh -huh. I mean, you have your top tier pros. Yeah, like, having regular jobs just to get by and then mm -hmm. compete on the side. Yeah, and the competitions barely pay for the price of like, oh, I showed up and I had a hotel room. And yeah. last year at Evo, there were players <laughs> who won and couldn't afford the price of their hotel room with their winnings. Like it was, like, <laughs> it's it's that bad, right? But anyway, once again, Nintendo has come out and talked about why exactly that is. We had a quote from the president of Nintendo, Furukawa, in an interview with uh, Nikkei which is like an Asian uh, financial uh, outlet. Mm -hmm. And he said, in order to make our companies, be our companies' games be played by a broad range of people, regardless of experience, gender, or generation, we also want to make our events joinable by a broad range of people. Being able to have a different worldview from other companies without a large sum of prize money is our strength. And when our team first read this, mm -hmm. I don't know yeah. why, are you just paranoid about it now? We did an eye check. It's I don't know why I'm paranoid. Sorry, I should have done that. And uh, just watch now. It's just going to be me screaming right over you. Um, and when our when our team usually we keep our topics separate. We talked mm -hmm. about this one because it's so baffling. Yeah. When our team first read this, you guys went back and forth, and mm -hmm. I think the overall premise we got from that, if you guys did not deter anything from those words, is they don't want high prize pools because if mm -hmm. you have high prize pools or put a lot of money into your events, you only attract more top tier pros. And thus, by mm -hmm. having less prize pools, borderline no prize pools, you welcome a more general audience because 
there, there aren't really pros because they can't keep on competing and afford to compete. Yeah. Does, does that make sense to you guys? That's, that's definitely what Nintendo's going for. And it's is really that what you weird. heard from it as well? Yeah, yeah. And because I'll read out another quote because I think the quote from Furukawa isn't as clear as what uh, Sakurai, the game's director, um, said last year in an interview that was like a lot more direct, I think. Uh, he says, it comes to a point where they're playing the game for the money, and I feel that kind of direction doesn't coincide with Nintendo's view <laughs> of what games should be. And I, yeah. <laughs> it's rough. Okay. It's rough. I think I see it from two angles. Obviously, mm. you've already brought up uh, in our group chat. They sell games. Yeah, they do not need esports. Mm -hmm. I think it's a very curious take to see someone like this in Nintendo realize we don't need competitive. Like we we sell games year in mm. year out. No matter what, we have a casual audience. We don't need this whole esports thing. And you can respect that. Yeah, definitely. Then you think about the other side of things of. How much better could it be if you did support your esports scene and you also have obviously plenty of funds to do mm -hmm. so? And so it's a very, very curious thing that I don't think anyone's really talking about. The fact that Nintendo is a very, very well-off company and could be doing all the more uh, for their scene and their games, but they're like, we don't need to. Like, yeah, like, this this discussion has been happening ever since Super Smash Brothers Melee, where people from the community have been saying like, oh, we need more depth to the game. You know, give players like something to work towards, so it's not just you pick it up for a weekend and you're good. You know, and Nintendo has consistently just been like, no, that's not what we're looking for here. And they kind of across the board seem to not want to invest in esports because like like you said they don't need to and i think it sucks because people like you know about this mm. but it's not really being voiced in the overall esports scene because mm. albeit no matter what the fgc the fighting game community is a very quiet voice yeah we're very much they very very are active in we their chill. own circle yeah yeah much like you know compared to like rocket league or you know mm. obviously rocket league is growing esport as well but they you're your own community mm. and uh, all the drama inside that stirs amidst you guys but it's never really voiced and this time around they've kind of stepped down to the esports scene where we can actually cover the fact that Nintendo doesn't want to support their esports scene, and I'm not yeah. saying it's the it's the wrong choice, albeit it might be the right one with the bubble we've talked about plenty of times mm. and the cost to mm. actually do this. But it's so weird to see a company like Valve do very well because they ha obviously you know they have an economy of skins they can yeah, also sell to a general player of base, course. which Nintendo does not offer. I don't know a lot of different angles on this one. I, I, do you do you like the fact that they can just come forward and say we don't? need this like we're not going to i mean i kind of do i kind of don't um smash brothers is very much in the same <laughs> way that any game made by kojima like metal gear has like you know kojima's name on it smash brothers might as well have sakurai's name on it and because he is the guy for smash brothers that i don't his even baby. know fighting games but i know that name yeah yeah so. sakurai is like the head honcho he had he makes all decisions essentially and he very specifically is he likes the competitive aspects of Smash Brothers. He has said that. He doesn't hate people competing in Smash Brothers. He kind of, he wants people, his mindset is to bring everybody under the same umbrella, just not just the pro players, but I think by not even throwing like a paltry sum, like let's say Nintendo, we're not asking, oh Nintendo, throw a million dollars at a tournament, right? But Like say we throw 100K, yeah. yeah, like 100K, just enough to make it so that, hey, if you wanna come up, if you wanna show up, you can. Or maybe have Nintendo sponsor some younger players to go to an event or have like, you know, more open registration for events or no cost or no, you know, there are, there are other ways to make it a more open and friendly event without just saying like, oh, we're just not going to support it at all. I yeah. Feel. And I, I think I know your answer, but mm. let's let, let's end on this. Would you sure. prefer that Nintendo supports the esports scene more, the competitive scene more? Honestly, I kind of I kind of wouldn't in a weird in a weird way. I was wrong. Yeah. Frick, yeah. <laughs> 
pessimistic. <laughs> no, because the thing, the thing I see is I kind of like about the fighting game community. I like mm. our quote unquote thuggery. <laughs> like we're very, very much kind of like the Call of Duty community, where the Call of Duty community is just like loud, a lot of trash talking. The fighting yeah. game community is loud as well, to the point where Capcom a couple years back had to like when we were getting uh, up on like ESPN and stuff, they sat down a bunch of people from the community, a bunch of attendants, and they were like, "Okay, guys, we need you to dial it down. We're on TV now." <laughs> <laughs> they they specifically use we need we need you guys to dial down the thuggery. I, <laughs> they use that wow, word. Wow. <laughs> right? But and if Nintendo got involved more so than they already are, we'd really have to like be careful because you'd about be what's going on. On a stage to be exposed yeah. more of and that. And we'd be representing Nintendo more clearly. So you like right? being a bit more private, not yeah, so public eye. In a way. But I also feel like this is this specific issue where Smash Brothers aren't getting isn't getting a, like big enough prize pools, players are struggling to like make it to events and stuff. I feel like that could be maybe solved by players reaching out, doing more proactive outreach to sponsorships and stuff. Because if you pitch... But don't put that on the players, man. Well, I mean, I'm, the players, the orgs, their management, like anybody, I feel like there are so many... Smash Brothers is like probably the most family-friendly fighting game out there. It has the highest viewership numbers. I'm sure there's tons of sponsors who would love to get involved if they knew that stuff. And, yeah, you know. and... The communication is just not happening. We could argue back and forth about yeah. FGC pros. Also, mm. you know, you need to. You need to. There's content there. You just need to oh, do it. Yeah, definitely. But you know, I'm not going to fault the player for wanting to oh, just yeah. only compete in the fact that mm. there's no TOs because there's no funding from Nintendo. Mm. That that to me that sucks because Nintendo obviously has the capabilities to do right. so, and you have hardworking pro players who are working mm. and then working on the side. Just to get along. Yeah, I wouldn't. So, I would never blame the player. I, I guess just think, I'm on a different side than yeah. you a little bit. I, I just feel like as a community, we need to realize at this point that for years, Nintendo has been say, we've been asking, and Nintendo has been very clearly saying no. Yeah, and I'm here <laughs> so to break it. Let's just let's just as a community, let's accept that answer. No, no and let's she, let's, let's solve the problem it. ourselves. No, we're not going to accept this crap. <laughs> well, Nintendo is so stubborn. You can't change Sakurai's Nintendo's mind. Sakurai's watching right now. What do you say to him? I say Sakurai. I love Kirby too. Sakurai's a huge Kirby fan. Sakurai. <laughs> I love Kirby. Fanboy more, dude. <laughs> I love Kirby. I appreciate your very pure intentions for Smash Brothers as a franchise. I would love it if you could throw the casino a little bit of money just to support the people who love your game so much. And I'm sure they will also do their best to make it so that the community isn't exclusive of people coming in. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Nintendo eSports prize pools are mm. not getting any bigger as of right now. Will they in the future? Open-ended question. And really quickly, everybody, before our next topic, a quick shout out to this week's sponsor. If you've ever seen an untucked button down, you know they look bad, but that's because they weren't designed to be worn that way. Thankfully, Untuck It is the original button down shirt designed to be worn untucked. No matter your shape or your size, an Untuck It shirt will always fall at the perfect length to look fantastic untucked. Guys in our office wear Untuck It, and they don't just look great, they are more than comfortable and less hassle than a traditional tucked in button down shirt. They also have tons of different styles to choose from, so there is always a button down that fits your work and your lifestyle. So whether you're looking for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's UntuckIt.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. And now, let's get back to the podcast. All right, Zan, let's get controversial. Why don't we? Oh, yeah. So normal for the podcast then. Yeah. So. I want you to say things that really bite back at you sometime oh, in the I future. I got you. I got you. So. Clip this. <laughs> God dang it. Let's talk about disabilities on Twitch. 
Oh, yeah, I'm ooh, touching on it. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, doubling down on this okay, one. All right. Had a video about this uh, this past week because the podcast is pre-recorded for anyone who's unaware of that. It's mm. also about a Twitch streamer with Tourette syndrome. And it's something we have seen actually time and time again. And this Twitch streamer known as Sweet Anita had a great video on this undergoing, of course, uh, the ailments, I would say, what she goes through, um, especially being a streamer so public who has a tick with her Tourette syndrome. And uh, it was a very touching story because... She's actually had multiple instances, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on this because I believe uh, unbanned, uh, never banned, I should say, multiple instances whilst under a tick saying the N-word on, on live stream. And so with this, her most recent one being last month, it obviously brought to debate. Uh, there were a few people out there because as she grew, it, obviously the clips become more and more apparent. Right. Um, you know, this is a very touchy topic, one that Twitch probably when they first started never thought was going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm and, sure they didn't consider it. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm not really sure what I'm spitballing here, but when mm-hmm. it comes to what they've seemingly stated, uh, we don't really have an official statement, you know, typical Twitch. Well, we don't get official yeah. words here. They don't say anything. It seems to be the general consensus is they stand with people with these disabilities because uh, how it's explained and how Sweet Anita explains her ailment as well, her disability as she calls it, is it's not her fault. It's not something she would like to say. It's not something that's, uh, you know, obviously something she's like holding back and it only comes out during a tick. Right. And so it seems that with her not being banned, Twitch has now stood for that if you have Tourette syndrome and you're under a tick, whatever you say is is free game. And that can kind of scare some people. And I, mm. I'm sure it scares Twitch staff, especially when you have larger streamers now right. with this kind of disability. So what, what are your thoughts on this? And I think for me, it's tough. It's yeah. a really tr- yeah, tricky yeah, situation that. to be in because you feel extremely bad, especially when you hear her side of things. You feel very bad. And as a business, you feel bad for Twitch for being kind of almost forced into a situation as well. Mm. So what are your first general thoughts? We don't need to go into specifics. But when you think about this... Well, when I think about this, I, the first thing that comes to mind is obviously Twitch Twitch has to stand with her. Like, I think from both a moral perspective as, a, as well as a legal perspective, you can't really penalize somebody for, you know, a medical condition. Yeah. That, you know, she has no control over that. That's, you know, that's very clear, right? I think where the issue comes into play and what people are probably worried about is people taking advantage yes. of something like this to just, like, you know, spew nonsense on stream and... I don't think that'll be as much of a problem as people might think. I wouldn't think so. Yeah, because I think it'd be pretty immediately apparent if somebody is just like looking for excuses to drop in bombs and or then faking a tick when they yeah. clearly do not have TS. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it wouldn't be like you wouldn't be able to look at like one video of them and be like, ah, that's a fake Tourette's person right yeah, there. Yeah. No, yeah, it would have to be like you know over a, ca- a catalog of work, obviously. But I think at that point maybe the move for Twitch is to ask for like some type of documentation like from a doctor's office just to be like, hey, just want to make sure, which I imagine people and it, wouldn't be And that's if it's to reach mind. that point. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. If the, like, if the person is getting reported so much for like, ah, oh, this, this person is saying a lot of really racist, really bad stuff. And yeah. It seems like a lot. And I would say the general know. consensus is on the same side as yeah. us in terms of, no, she does not deserve punishment. It's unfortunate. Mm. Yeah, it sucks. Because yeah. Um, she makes sure to mention that that word and mm. other words are a part of your vocab as in you know them, right? Mm. They exist in your thoughts. Thus, when, if you undergo a tick, you have no control of what your thoughts might say. Mm. Um, so I, I think a lot of people agree with that. There are those far-fetched, you know, few in between people out there who call for her ban, and, mm. and they think that she is somehow, she's waiting to undergo a tick just to really release all these underlying messages she's wanting to get across and, and thus escaping the rule book because she does it under a tick. That's mm-hmm. kind of a crazy, crazy theory. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I will say, I think once upon a time in, in a 
in a land full of very few good decisions, Twitch has actually made a good one here and actually stood with people with TS. To and be fair, I, I don't know if this is just Twitch being good so much as them being like, oh, this could be a really big lawsuit if we went so the wrong way to. on this. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, maybe I'm giving Twitch too much credit. Yeah. Uh, either way, a very touching story, and mm. I just I hope it can be avoided because the way she describes it, it just hurts you because apparently, you know, with these kind of ticks, they only get worse when you're you're almost scared to say some certain things. Mm. And obviously, you and me don't exactly know how this disability works. Yeah, of course. So that can be terrifying. Your job is literally being a public figure, and mm. you can't control what you say or do. It's You know what? In this kind of circumstance, I think it should definitely, or maybe not necessarily fall on the shoulders of the streaming platform itself, but I would appreciate more education out there on how things like this actually work, because I don't know how Tourette's works. That's what she, like she actually has a video yeah. about that. Yeah, so yeah. that's why we encourage you guys yeah, to watch, I'll watch it. that. Yeah. She did a great job yeah. explaining all of that uh, to mm -hmm. everyone and uh, definitely changed the minds of a lot of people out there. So sure. sweet Anita, keep doing you. Well, I feel like the Sweden Nita story was pretty positive, and I hate to go from something positive to something a little bit more negative. I only expect negative. this from you. Yeah. yeah. I only expect this from you. But it, at the same time, it's also a good story. It's a story of the community doing something great for this a game. better turn around. Well, I'll, I'll, let me preface first by saying I really like Capcom as a company. <laughs> Devil May Cry was phenomenal. The last uh, RE2, really, really strong. Monhun, great. But Street Fighter is a problem. And... We just, uh, I, I mentioned a couple weeks back how netcode is really damaging fighting games. Mm -hmm. And just last night, a member of the fighting game community, Altimore, just released a patch for Street Fighter V that fixed the netcode that's been broken for four years. Wow. They responded to you then. Nah, you I fixed mean, the game? I, yeah, my, it must be. That's, that's exactly what happened. I'll take credit for it. Sure. Exactly. It's a yeah. week later. It's all on you. Uh-huh. So basically, the way the way Street Fighter works, it has a system in place. It is it is the is a version of the rollback that we mentioned previously, but it's a very broken version where what happens is like one person's, I'm not going to get into too many of the technical details, but basically one player's game can fall out of sync with the others. So you'll just spend the entire game like... All your inputs will be off. Mm -hmm. The other character will teleport all over the place, right? And this has been a problem that people have known about since literally the beta of the game. <clears throat> like high-profile community members, other developers have reached out to Capcom and been like, hey, yeah, this is a problem. Can you fix it? It really hurts the game, right? And Capcom's done nothing. And this dude just came along and was like, yeah, I spent two days, and I made a mod, and you just uh, drag the files over on your PC, and it fixes it. <laughs> well, that seems pretty good. No, Is, yeah. Are they allowing the mod? Uh, Capcom doesn't, they haven't really said anything about it quite yet. I'm sure they're soon going to have to make a statement. Yeah. Because now, like, news outlets have picked up on it, and the, the mod has a couple problems. So a community mod. Yeah. Fixed the game. A large issue. In two days. In two days. This dude just sat down, coded for two days. <laughs> I'm trying to think about examples to, to relay to people and, mm. and relate. I think uh, the first that comes to the top of mind is... Back in the day and still for RuneScape, there's a lot mm -hmm. of third-party services. Yeah. It's not a fix, but it's it's great to have certain aspects of the game that it just adds to. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was like Rune Buddy and all these third-party <laughs> services that they help better you see your XP gained and mm -hmm. keep track of a lot of things as well. So that that's how I relate that is right. a mod, kind of like a third-party service, uh, a way that a community member saw a need in the game, mm -hmm. didn't take much time, <laughs> they throw it out there, and all of a sudden people are like, huh, this makes the game a lot better. Like, and then Jagex yeah. is the company there. They're like, you're gonna add this, and eventually Jagex, I think, approved of at least one of them. So, it's mm. so do you think that's a possibility here? 
oh, I don't know, per, per what, se. Because <laughs> they easily could be like, we yeah. don't want this. And they, yeah. could, they couldn't they pretty much bar the mod and oh, absolutely. actually ban people they who could, use They it? could start banning people because yeah. technically you are injecting something into the game that affects the online play. Anytime you do yeah. that, it's very dangerous. It is very risky. Overwatch is the same thing. Yeah, right? this, is, this is a great addition to the game. But please be aware, if you download this and use this, there is a chance that Capcom could come back later and ban accounts. If you change game files, yeah. you subject yourself to whatever mm. punishment is there. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, how does so this, be How does this turn around? Because it sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, I mean... Are it, you waiting on Capcom? I'm waiting on Capcom to see what they have to say about it. Um, that mod does have a couple problems. There is cross-play for Street Fighter between PC and PS4. And what can happen is, like, say... Two PCs, a lot of people have been testing this like across long distance, like around 3,000 miles apart. And they're <laughs> they're reporting like, hey, this is really silky smooth. Whereas without the mod, it's like basically unplayable, right? Yeah. But you see, if you if somebody with the mod installs it on their PC and they play against somebody on PS4, it can make the PS4 users end of the connection really, really bad. Like basically unplayable for them. However, the mod creator has, you know, he's addressed this and been like, hey, yeah, it's got some issues. But yeah. He's fixing it now. Theoretically, he's working on a fix for the patch that's um, that'll make it so that if a PC user has it installed, it'll just fix the PS4 user's game as well. Yeah. It'll fix, like, even if two PC players both don't have it installed, it'll just fix it across the board. So what's your end goal? What's your hope here? That I they... mean, ideally, Capcom would implement this system in the game. Yeah. I don't think they're going to. I think it's more likely they're going to make it so that you can't use this for the game. But And I just, I just think it's one of those things that really infuriates me because this is Capcom has been doing a lot of work with the game. They've been really good with consistent updates, patches, balance changes, and all that stuff, right? And this is very clearly an issue they knew about because people have been telling them, like industry members have been telling yeah, them. Yeah, and you would assume they would know about their own game. They yeah, yeah. Know to a certain extent. Tony Cannon, even, the guy who made the uh, GGPO I mentioned in our last segment on fighting game net, uh, rollback, netcode, he even had a whole speech about this, this specific problem in like 2017 at Evo, where he was like, yeah, this is why this problem occurs. And he was like, Capcom, please reach out. Maybe we can sort something out. And just nothing. <laughs> Well, it's just hopefully. like shocking. It is like wow, Capcom, get off or like. Hopefully, we'll see what they do here. You know, mm -hmm. it's uh, we'll see if they. It, I don't know. It's got to be a weird situation for yeah a team to be in, mm -hmm. where all of a sudden a community member offers up a solution and you're you're kind of forced. They're probably they might mm -hmm. be meeting right now. Like, hey, mm -hmm. we. Uh, Hopefully they are. We should choose what to do about this one. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, it just makes them look real bad. If dude is like, yeah, it took me two days, my guys, your move. <laughs> So you think yeah. this would cause a ripple if they do actually implement it? Uh, maybe other I mean, honestly, community I don't, members will actually mm, do that for their own fighting games? Probably not, realistically speaking. Like I said, I think the issue is primarily stubbornness. And we've seen this time and time again. Ideally, Capcom ignores it and does nothing. And just lets, lets the mod do its thing oh, and work. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. No backlash from running mm -hmm, the mod? Mm -hmm. All right, well, we'll see what Capcom we'll see does. It. Yeah. Community members in the fighting game community uh -huh. keep going strong. Put it in work, yeah. <laughs> we grassroots out here. <laughs> All right, Zan. What's a podcast without mentioning Phase Clan, though? To be I mean, honest, it's not a podcast at that point. Thank you. Might as well just cancel it. Thank you, thank you. Uh -huh. I will keep it short, though. <laughs> this is going to be one that we continue to hype up Phase because, in the beginning of time, Phase did mistakes, and we were actually kind of mean about it. I think in the closing months, though, of 2019, we finally were swayed to the fact that Phase is drama. They're they're, they're infused with drama, both good mm. and bad, and we actually really can appreciate how far this brand is going mm. and how far it will go. When it goes back to esports, though, we actually touched on this a long time ago about rumors about Phase Clan entering Asia, mm. and we now have further confirmations of said move. And Which so is great. it's just really, really cool. Thanks mm. to, by the way, 
you guys ever want to send us DMs, this is actually brought to us by a viewer. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Dude was, reached out. Yeah, who really was creeping good, around the FaZe Clan yeah. website. He mm -hmm. said, Jake, what's up? I said, hey, how you doing? He goes, I got some information on FaZe Clan. I said, share it, and here we are. Actually creeping around their, their uh, website where if you go to the watch tab and go to their list of players, he then thoroughly searched that list of players and mm -hmm. found at least four PUBG mobile members. Mm -hmm. And with that, they're actually located, or the, they are from Thailand, which matches up with previous rumors we talked about, about Lee Trink hiring someone formerly of that region to maybe look for talent inside the PUBG mobile scene. Mm -hmm. Now they've actually hired, apparently, or at least in some form or fashion, have talked to four PUBG mobile members of a, they were actually on an organization for PUBG mobile together. Mm -hmm. And so people are inferring this will be the move for FaZe Clan into Asia for yeah. PUBG Mobile, which, by the way, perfectly timed with Tencent's announcement of flooding that scene with millions of dollars next year. And we already yep. have the player base and the viewership that numbers. That esports scene is like, I think the player base is what, like double the size of it, Fortnite? I don't even know the metrics anymore. I want to say last last metric we saw was that PUBG Mobile was at like 400-something mil, and Fortnite was only at like 200-something mil. The only thing I know that was lacking in PUBG Mobile was mm -hmm. the tournament funding. Yeah, definitely. And that's kind of turning around as well with Tencent realizing mm -hmm. oh, they have obviously realized a long time ago, but yeah. they've, they're going to fix that issue. They've already announced, I believe, a $3 million prize pools across yeah, the year. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, it it might even been five. Uh, but either way, FaZe are now further confirmed. I would say a double confirmation or a double hint at them going to Asia, which kind of mm -hmm. just is... If FaZe is doing it, you got to try. Like, no, yeah. As an esports org, if FaZe is doing it, you got to think, how can we do it? This is like the smartest move possible. They're getting in at the ground floor of what's probably, probably going to be one of the biggest esports scenes in the world. And it's probably so cheap. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I'm not going to pretend to know, but you could probably get like Thailand. You could, you could get like three FaZe mansions for the price of one in Thailand. Yeah, probably. Oh, you got to imagine. Now, yeah. I'm not saying they're getting a house, although mm. we've heard other rumors we'll keep for a different time about maybe a FaZe house somewhere. Mm. I'll keep mm. that to myself. Um, but I just. You got to imagine if they're willing to pay how much they were in LA. Yes, mm. to your point, Thailand's got to be easy if they do go that route. Mm. Uh, we see plenty of esports. You know, they go away from North American salaries. We see a lot of teams open up in Brazil because South American salaries are just they're cheaper. Yeah, definitely. And you got to imagine <laughs> if there's a pedestal, uh -huh. North if salaries, North America, South America. Thailand is probably somewhere down here. Thailand might not even be on the chart for esports. So I'm I mean, super, super curious how this mm. works out because it's got to be a steal if, if Lee Trink's looking into it. Absolutely. And it, it kind of just makes me wonder where the future is going to go with this mobile esport and with mobile esports in general. But phases yet again. <sighs> See, I'm gonna have to download PUBG Mobile one of these days. Yeah, That's gonna have to be the need, thing. We actually need to do yeah. something here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we got Real something talk. going. <laughs> um, but either way, guys, FaZe keeps on making moves. Mm. We keep on covering them. Surprise, surprise. Okay, and my last topic for the day is something that I think you and the rest of the team are kind of skeptical about. Is this another fighting game story? No, 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 no. No, it's not three for three. Not this week. I don't. Th I don't want to do that to the listeners. <laughs> don't want to make them hate me too much. But um, anyway, <sighs> uh, we're going to talk, talk about esports in IMAX arena or yes! like uh, stadium. Well, not stadiums, movie theaters. That's nice. what these are. Yeah, yes, yeah. I wanted you also to talk about this. Uh huh. Uh huh. Esports events at the IMAX. Yeah, going to your local Regal Theater. I feel like people listening have to know nonsense. what that is, right? Yeah, yeah. Is I IMAX think, still a popping thing? Because when I, you and I you would were think kids, so. Yeah, IMAX was the ish at the Science Center. Uh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's still like those big like ads that are just like that long noise at like yeah the. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, what the frick kind of noise is that? I know what you mean, though. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, someone if, out there is If like, you ever heard that, you know exactly where we're coming from. If you ever heard that, someone right now at home is going, mm, or looking it up after. <laughs> no, yeah, real talk. Just look up IMAX 
Noise. What, 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 yeah, noise. Like, it's not a theme song. They'll Whatever that is. It. Yeah, you'll They'll figure it out. It. You'll figure it out. But anyway, they're partnering with this esports startup named Vindex, run by two of the co-founders from MLG, actually, to host a series of what they're calling esports events and experiences oh, exclusively. I didn't know it was MLG. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Those former MLG guys are like. No, yeah, they're, they're doing a lot of there. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dang. Which, to be fair, I mean, hey, if you you were former MLG, you know, you know, I mean, you got doing. experience, obviously, yeah, so yeah. go for it. Sorry, I keep yeah. on interrupting you. No, I good, like your topics. Good. Yeah. So, um, anyway, these esports events and experiences are apparently going to be exclusive to IMAX theaters worldwide. What that means, we don't know yet. Um, it's starting the first half of 2020, and you know, at, at face value, uh, when we were talking about it earlier in chat, we we're talking about like movie t movie theater ticket prices, like how much it, how expensive it is to get like snacks at a movie theater, and wondering if like esports people are actually down for that, right? We debated this for. A long time, more yeah, than we yeah. typically do for stories. Uh -huh. So curious what you guys think about this. Yeah, and I was, it's, I it's was weird. I looked into this a little bit, right? Because mm -hmm. I know, uh, do you remember? Have you ever seen like the trailers for like Phantom events or whatever? Like whenever they have like randomly like, oh hey, come to the movie theater and watch the opera. No. Yeah, never. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I swear, those, those used to be like a, such a big thing here. I don't think so. They like, yeah, I, like in front, they'd show up like in front of movie trailers. It'd be like, oh hey, come, come watch Maybe. a music concert at the movie theater, like a recording of it or whatever, with Maybe. a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so pretty much a different event than you would typically see in a movie theater uh -huh. being advertised to see go watch in a movie theater. Yeah. So I was curious, do these actually mm -hmm. work? Like, do people actually show up to them? Do they make money? Yeah. Apparently, back uh, last year, they did a one-week week run of Kanye's new album, Jesus King. And in the first weekend, they made $1 million. Wait, what? Sorry. Yeah. They did, did they just play the album <laughs> in a theater? <laughs> or what are you talking I think, about? I think it was like some kind of music video experience. I don't. I couldn't get a full, like, actual... Obviously, there were no recordings of it out there. And nobody was, like, hyping up, like, oh, wow, I just saw Jesus is King in theaters. In, live in theaters. <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. It's also Kanye. Uh, Sorry, uh, when, when you say Kanye, you're going to get those crazy fans out there who will pay anything to see whatever it is. Ooh, actually, actually, I went to see Kanye in a movie theater once. Remember, this, this is like here? years ago. Yeah, it was like for uh, Life of Pablo. But to be fair, it was like mostly like a fashion preview event. So that's yeah. the only reason I, reason I went. I was looking for the clothing stuff. But um, but back to more of our yeah, topic. Yeah, back to more of the topic. Here, I think, think clearly there is an audience for this. There is an audience. Yeah, and I think the main draw is <sighs> going to be going to see esports events with a community. Because I think most people around, like, you know, around the United States probably don't have a dedicated group of friends locally to just invite over to say, like, hey, let's watch an esports th thing on my TV. Let's stream it, you know? I wouldn't say it's too common because you can also mm. just stay at home, hop in a Discord call, and watch it together or watch yeah, it on but your that, own. Yeah, that's definitely not the same experience no, as I'm going to a big, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. If, even if they do have a friend group around, mm. you're not going to want to go yeah, meet definitely. up at Jimmy's house. So uh -huh, uh -huh. If, I'm, if I see you in real life, let's do real things together, not mm. watch what we're going to watch at home alone. <laughs> Yeah, make it a little bit more of an experience. Get, I like, think it know. could be debated back and forth all uh -huh. day long. Uh -huh. And I don't know what your final stance is on it. Like, what, what do, you, do you think it's going to work out? Because Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm iffy. I'm kind of convinced it will. Because I'm 100% I'm on board with, like, I don't know how many, like, in-person esports events you've been gone to. But a lot of them are really kind of not great to go to in person, like, actually. Because, like, zero. like, yeah. Like, oh, 2020 is my year. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's go to more live events wrong. this year. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like so many of them are just like it's it's a big convention hall and you got like some really like low quality plastic chairs and the drinks are probably they're more expensive than movie theaters. And the admission it's or more the weekend pain. pass. Is yeah. Yeah. It's way expensive. Even if you're just trying to go to grand finals, it's probably like, you know, 
at least 50 bucks, if not more. And then we've heard upwards for like a weekend pass. We, yeah. We've heard numbers of over 200, mm-hmm. and, then, and then some people travel on top of that. Yeah, yeah. Evo yearly is like close to 100 now. I think you bring a good point. And, and mm-hmm. COD passes and, and Overwatch passes have been in league passes. They're, they're expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you bring up a good point, so I'll, I'll stand on this. I think... Our camera guy, Pete, made a very good point that the fact is you can always watch these events for free at home, so that's going to take up a large majority of the Mm. viewership. I think it does have some offerings, though, like you said, to a great crowd atmosphere without actually to be there. And right. in an IMAX, it could be amazing for big events. Yeah. Obviously, I don't think they're going to do this for, like, your little there's a lot of questions. rinky-dink many, weekend league or whatever. There's Probably a lot like, of questions. Yeah. Like, how many hours can you spend in an IMAX before you just go insane? <laughs> like, oh, my God. Uh, but I think it offers a nice middle ground between mm. free at your home and pretty expensive going to the event and traveling. Mm. Right there in the middle is a decent movie slash concessions, but you also get to watch your favorite thing in esports. Yeah, I think if they I run it, there will be an audience. Yeah, if, if they keep the, like the lights on and stuff, and maybe make it so people can like walk around a little bit more. Okay, now you're asking. Let's yeah, comment down. I, I don't right, know. Mr. I MLG. Think, I also, let, let's see what they can do. They're MLG. They've let's got, see what they details they reach. release on yeah, it. Yeah, very very curious. I think we can both agree there's a possibility that it works out. Mm. But we're tentative for the right reasons. If they've got any of these in town, let's go. Deal. Let's go see what's up. We'll let you guys know if it'll work out because we're going to go. Stay tuned for our in-depth review. (laughs) We're going to vlog it. Oh, Oh, and here we are to close the podcast. Zan, you want to, before you give them the spiel, thanks for all the DMs, guys. For all you guys who give us stories via DMs and check out the YouTube channel. Thanks. I appreciate you. All right. Hit him, Zan. All right. uh, You know, on that same note, we'll lead with that. Continue reaching out to us on Twitter at talk underscore esports. You know, on YouTube, we love hearing what you guys have to say. Really, like, even if you're just saying hi, hi, just come say hi. We love to hear it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, if you want to listen to the Esports Rewind podcast on the go on your favorite mobile device on your streaming platform of choice, you can hit us up on Spotify, <coughs> on iTunes. We're everywhere via the Prediction Esports Talk Show Network right here on the table. It's spelled P-R-E-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N. Thank you for all the audio listeners that we already have. We appreciate y'all. Um, and, you know, you can also find a bunch of other great esports podcast there as well if you find something else you're interested in hey let us know um anything else you want to add jake um thanks for watching (laughs) the esports rewind podcast same time same day every single week Mm. all right nerds we'll see you guys back here (laughs) is that your new thing (laughs) (laughs) because i'm a just just give up on naming the community (laughs) just call them nerds (laughs) all right goodbye (laughs) nice people we'll see you guys back here next time Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.